folks, and welcome, uh, welcome back to Capes and Japes. Capes and Jingles. Uh, Capes and Jingles is not that bad. <laughs> We're not doing, uh, anything especially festive, uh, for the month of December. We're probably gonna have one holiday special. There's not as much, uh winter festive themed comic book content as there is potentially spooky Halloween comic book content. Um, but we're, we're festive anyways. We're in a festive mood. I've been making stockings all morning, so. Yes, very festive. Uh, I also had a mouse in my bedroom this past weekend. Um, and it has not returned yet, but if at some point during this recording, you hear me scream very loudly. <laughs> you will know what that is. I have no fear of mice. I think it has been burned out of me by the cats. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should have just, I should have had a cat all this time and then I would be immune to mice. I worked with mice for like six months. Yes, but those but are the... contained. Those are contained. The thing is, when you work with mice, you go into the place where the mouse is, and you open the cage, and the mouse is there. And you know where the mouse is. You know where it is, and it's where it's supposed to be, in its home. When there's a mouse in your home, the, all bets are off. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's my hot take on mice. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> This was just a very short mouse-centric. Not mouse the graphic novel, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be relevant, maybe, to our, our purposes. No. Mouse the animal. <laughs> the living creature. Um, no, we are not talking about mice or anything mouse-themed. We are talking about Tony Stark. Amazing. How have we not talked about Tony Stark yet? You said this at some point. I think when we were planning for Captain America episodes, you were like, how have we not done a Tony Stark episode? It's like, weird. Um, weird how this character that you love intensely, it has not uh, popped up yet. I know. Um, Tony, Tony Stark is important to me. And it's complicated. MCU Tony Stark is especially important to me, which is especially complicated. <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. There's gonna be a lot to unpack uh, with Tony Stark in general, <laughs> as I'm sure most people would guess. Um, he's a very, he's a very polarizing character. Well, I mean. <laughs> You probably already have this in your notes, but wasn't he literally created as, like, I'm gonna make an unlikable character? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Um, he was, uh, co-created by Stan Lee as so, so many Marvel characters in this time period were, um, in Tales of Suspense. 19 in 1963 tales of suspense number 39 um so stan lee uh helped come up with the concept and plotted the issue uh the script 
was written by uh, Larry Lieber. Um, and the artists designing uh, the character were Don Heck and Jack Kirby. Um, Kirby is usually credited with uh, doing the uh, the main, like the first Iron Man uh, costume when he builds his original suit, which is kind of the the bigger, uh, clunkier robot looking one. Um, and Steve Ditko comes in to uh, do the more well known kind of red and gold costume. Um, and Don Heck did most of the character design for the uh, the non-costumed aspects. So what, like, Tony... The and Human Pepper, Man. Those, the Human Man. <laughs> I am no longer Iron Man. I am Human Man. I am Flesh Man. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, when uh, Stan Lee was uh, coming up with his character, and he was coming up or helping to come up with a lot of characters uh, at Marvel in the 60s. Um, a lot of them were uh, inspired by the Cold War, um, and some were related to, you know, the, the government response, or the, like, you know, the American response, and Tony was sort of intended as this kind of representation of the industrial response uh to the cold war um and uh stanley has said when he was coming up with iron man this idea was like he's like okay well obviously most of comics readership is young people like you know college students thereabouts um most of marvel's readership especially um, and it's the 60s, so obviously most, you know, college-age Americans um, are pretty anti-war, um, you know, anti-military. Um, so he was, Stanley said, I wanted to challenge myself, um, so I wanted to make a hero who was a weapons manufacturer, and he was a rich industrialist. <laughs> And he represented everything that these, like, these, you know, the, our main readership was against. <laughs> the exact quote is, I thought it would be fun to take the kind of character that nobody would like, that none of our readers would like, and shove him down their throats and make them like him. Thanks. <laughs> Which is, like, I mean, I, like, I do understand it as, like, a writing challenge like for sure like mm, can I make a character that like you know represents all these ideals that like our readership doesn't necessarily appreciate and can I like you know get them to relate to this character like that sure yeah Stan I don't I I wish you wouldn't shove him down people's throats Stan yeah I don't really appreciate it when people shove things down my throat um, but, I mean, it, it worked, I guess. I feel like <laughs> shove it down your throat and make you like it is, like, kind of a lot of, uh, kind of what's going on in the MCU right now, but that's, uh, beside the point. Um, 
so he was uh he was inspired by he so Stanley wanted to do a businessman. He wanted to represent <laughs> The way you said okay. businessman okay. made it sound like he was a comic book character. And this is businessman. So I'm Tony Stark. The businessman. Um no, Stanley wanted to make a character who was a businessman, who, you know, represented all these, you know, capitalist, industrialist ideas, sort of like a kind of, you know, like, like a classic American ideal of like the inventor. Um, I don't know why I said inventor like that either. Um, it's okay. Who uh, spends... A lot of time in his early appearances fighting communism. Um, also uh, inspired by uh, Howard Hughes, who was, uh, you know, engineer, pilot, uh, very wealthy man, uh, known for having a lot of mental illnesses that he was dealing with. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio played him in a movie, The Aviator, I think? I have um, no idea. Okay, yeah, um, that's fine. But he was a, um, he was a, a well-known, extremely wealthy, extremely eccentric man um, who was, I think, nearing the, the end of his life at the time that Iron Man was created. Um, but uh, Stanley has said that uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, I wanted to do Howard Hughes, but without all the crazy parts. <laughs> it's like, well, 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 Stan, um, Stan, that didn't work out the way you thought it would. It 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 really didn't. Um, so the story that they uh, they come up with for this uh this character of Iron Man, um, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Um, but Anthony Edward Stark, goes by Tony, um, is uh, the owner of Stark Industries. He's, uh, he's an engineer. He's one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe. Um, you know, he knows a ton of things about math and chemistry, uh, and especially uh, physics and engineering, um, robotics. Um, he graduates from MIT at the age of 17 um, and inherits his father's company, uh, Stark Industries, I think sh shortly after that. Um, but so he, uh, Stark Industries is a weapons manufacturing company. Um, and so in the original story, uh, in the 60s, he's supplying weapons uh, in the Vietnam War. And as time has gone on, and as uh, comics have had their very weird shifting timeline that never really makes sense, um, this origin story has been updated to be uh, more timely wars, like the Gulf War, the war in Afghanistan. 
Um, which does mean that, like, every time we do get, like, exciting racist interpretations of the people who kidnapped Tony Stark. Oh, joy. I mean, and it's definitely, uh, it's definitely been getting less racist. Uh, the, um, the first, uh, the original story when this is happening in Vietnam, um, oh, he God. is... I'm just picture. I've never read his origin issue, but I'm just picturing how racist this was, most likely. Oh, uh, it was... Mm, it's not it's not great i mean it there's worse i mean there's worse stuff in iron man like i think the mandarin is worse conceptually um and he does at least like uh he has a uh a positive like non-white character in this story also which is something um, but he is, uh, captured by a, um, a Vietnamese commander named, uh, uh, Wong Chu, uh, which, you know, as time's gone on, that gets changed to various other, you know, terrorists and enemies of America and all that good fun stuff. Um, but he is, uh, badly injured. Um, and he is, he's usually doing, you know, some sort of weapons test. Um, he ends up with uh, some, like, a piece of shrapnel in his chest that uh, will eventually kill him. Because um, it's, you know, almost in his heart. Um, and whoever is capturing him demands that uh, he build weapons for them instead of for America, who he's been building weapons for in whatever war this is currently happening in. Um, there is, in every, and in every version of this story, the other person who is prisoner with him is always the same, <laughs> which is just, I'm like, it's, it's just a comics timeline thing, but it is really funny to me. That they just keep changing when and where this happens. But the people, the the two people who are being held prisoner here are always the same two people. It is Tony Stark and it is uh, Ho Yinsen, um, who is a, um, also a, um, a professor and a, a, an engineer um, who, whose work Tony is, was familiar with and studied in college. Um, and who is so, also stuck in this tragic time loop with Tony Stark. <laughs> they are trapped in this time loop together of every single war they get captured by somebody and forced to build weapons. Um, it's very sad for them. Uh, but so, uh, so he says, all right, you two, you're geniuses. You build me weapons. Um, and instead of building weapons, uh, they both work together um, to build a really cool suit of armor. Which has weapons. Which does have weapons, but it's not weapons for the, the other people to use. It's weapons for them to use to get out. Or for 
Tony to use because in all the versions of this story, uh, Yinsen sacrifices his life in order to give Tony a chance to escape. Um, he also is responsible, Yinsen is responsible for building um, a magnetic plate that's like in the suit of armor and can like attach to Tony's chest that will prevent the shrapnel from going into his heart. Um, and Tony escapes. He, you know, dispatches his kidnappers, um, and he gets rescued, and he also meets, uh, his future best friend, James Rhodes, uh, Rhodey, um, who we love. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Big fans of Rhodey in here. Um, so, in... In what will become one of the exciting central metaphors of the series, uh, Tony now has a... uh, A big metal plate attached to his chest that he can't take off? A big metal plate protecting his heart. Ain't that a metaphor? (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. I think um, there's a quote in here, I think from Jerry Conway, maybe, um, where... He's talking about, yeah, Jerry Conway, who's like, you know, on the outside, you have this character who's invulnerable, um, but inside is a wounded figure. Stan made it very much an in-your-face wound. You know, his heart was broken, like literally broken. (laughs) And there's a metaphor going on there. It's like, Uh, yeah, there is. There sure is, huh? Um... I mean, so, you gotta uh, get him with something if you're if you're gonna make him like this big old industrial capitalist who makes weapons. Yep, I mean, there's there's gotta be something there, and there there gets to be there gets to be more. Who boy, um, but so he gets back to America. He has to uh, recharge this chest plate every day to keep the shrapnel from entering his heart and killing him. Um, he tells the media that Iron Man is his robotic personal bodyguard and corporate mascot. I mean, out of all the lies, it's not that bad for the 60s. No, it's not that bad. I just like the idea of like, yeah, I built this giant fighting robot to be our corporate mascot. Okay, but look, if you heard something about that from like Elon Musk, you would believe it. I would fully believe it is the problem. Um, is where we're at now. Um, so he, uh, he's like, well, you know, this man sacrificed himself for me. I saw, you know, the damage I've been doing with some of my, you know, the weapons I've been putting into the world. I should probably try and do good things, um, and also fight a bunch of communists with my new armor. I guess. Um, uh, notably, uh, his main enemy is a dude whose, whose supervillain name is the Mandarin. Um, and it's just a real bummer. Um, he's Chinese, or he's half Chinese. Um, he was born in China. He just there's just a lot just a lot of imagery around him that's not great not not great 
not great. Iron Man 3 is the only <laughs> retelling of this that I can respect. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's one dude that he fights all the time. Um, he also, um, he, Black Widow is kind of an Iron Man villain for a while. Um, and also the time she tricks Hawkeye into fighting him. Look, I mean, sometimes you yeah. just gotta fight Iron Man because the hot lady you met wanted to steal some shit from Iron Man. Look, sometimes you're not great with women and you just want to impress them. And sometimes the way you impress them is by doing crime. That's, listen, that's a hot tip from your boy, Clint Barton. If you do crime to Iron Man, women will like you for sure. Well, only very specific women. Very specific women. This one very specific woman. Maybe other women. You you'll never know until you try. Um so uh yeah, so Tony um he fights a lot of communists and this kind of they tone this down like through through the sixties and into the seventies, thankfully. Um and he uh he's helped out by um Rhodey, uh by his uh kind of chauffeur, bodyguard, confidant, uh, happy, um, his secretary and romantic interest, Pepper, um, everybody, <laughs> all, I think it's very funny that all of these people have nicknames, and every time you look at the list of them, it's like, James, Rhodey, Rhodes, Harold, Happy, Hogan, Virginia, Pepper, Potts, and I think it's just because Tony won't stop nicknaming people. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I'm pretty that, sure he's the one who started calling Steve Cap. Yeah. Oh boy. Um but Boy howdy, so, that one sure stuck, huh? Oh boy, it sure did. Um so he uh he fights communists. Eventually they tone that down. He after that, he's a lot of his main enemies are other uh more evil capitalists who are either trying to take something from him or build their own evil Iron Man um, or, uh, you know, do something else extremely shady. And these are a lot of the villains you see in the movies. Uh, Justin Hammer, um, later on his daughter Justine, uh, Obadiah Stane, and later on his son Ezekiel. Um, so I'm one sorry. of those people... I was drinking water when you said Justine. Yeah, and Justin I could Hammer... not properly. Why? Why does he name his daughter Justine? I mean, I guess like from a character standpoint, he's probably a narcissist, but like terrible. Terrible, awful, extremely bad. Um Obadiah Stane and his son Ezekiel, who you know, one of these people is clearly better at names than the other. Um, though Ezekiel is also, I think, kind of goes back and forth in terms of, of, of evil. Um, he also, um, he's one of the founding members of the Avengers, um, in the 
initial incarnation of the Avengers, and he's been part of it basically ever since then. Um, and most of what he... So they move out of the 60s. The 70s, they spend some more time uh, kind of develop, like focusing on Tony's inner demons. Um, and this is where his alcoholism is first introduced as like a major plot point in like a late 70s storyline um and he also as we move into the 70s and then uh especially in the 80s um he starts uh just building a lot of different kinds of armor god so many (laughs) so many of them because the thing is, this is his one thing, is having armor. Um, and I think it is justifiable to say it would be pretty whack if his one suit of armor was like, uh, also he can breathe in space and go underwater and, uh, he, you know, all go invisible and all this stuff. Um, but what you end up with is just a truly absurd numbers of suits of armor um and also uh officially canonically um though this also gets updated but uh technically all of tony's suits of armor aren't like like suits of armor like separate pieces it's like no 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 they are made up of of millions of like tiny microscopic not microscopic, but cells like the size of a grain of sand, and they all knit together in the shape of a suit of armor, and they're held together with a force field. <laughs> that seems so unnecessarily complicated. It seems really complicated, but it's uh, it's also like, well, that's why he, you know, he can take damage to it, and like, you know, it's still retains most of its structural integrity and uh now let's just go back to the original tony stark iron man armor where he had to like literally make it out of metal yeah he just soldered it together in a cave and in order to take it off it take he has to chop the whole thing apart again um it is uh there is a description here about how he um he built it by uh like using bacteria that consume metal and then the bacteria arrange themselves in a specific for like pre-tagged formation and then they die and they leave behind a tiny metal deposit tony um, which tony science tony. it's wild tony you um, trained you trained bacteria to go to a certain place to die after eating enough metal. Is this not easier? Is is this, at a certain point, just be all like, I made tiny robots. Why do well, bacteria have to be involved? I don't know. I don't know how long the bacteria are a part of it, but I do love that. Um... So I'm glad you love it because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. Um, so in the 80s, he starts, uh, you get a lot 
of different armors. And most of them are for, you know, reasonable purposes. Like, this is an armor that I can wear to space. And this is an armor that I can wear underwater. And this is a stealth armor for if I need to be sneaky. Um, and, and this, this is, is really big armor in case I need to beat up the Hulk. Yeah, that's the thing, is that there's also, um, like, more than one of them is, like, specifically designed to fight one of the Avengers. Um, so, like, sort of like Batman does, where he has, like, secret fail-safes against every member of the Justice League, but if all of the fail-safes were just suits a of armor. suit of armor that's specifically designed to combat the things that they're good at. The Batman Hulk just one. like, and this is my Superman armor, and this is my <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> to be fair, I think that is what Batman does in uh, Dark Knight Returns. No, I feel like in Dark Knight Returns, it was just, he had the better armor, and he also <laughs> had some kryptonite. He had he had Oliver Queen shoot his bow and arrow one-handed with a special arrow that he made full of kryptonite dust. It has been years since I have remembered this book, and I'm still so mad about it. <laughs> he couldn't even beat him by himself. He had to get Ollie involved. You had to get the worst member of the Justice League to and help you. And at this you. point, Ollie only has one arm. <laughs> He's like, hey, Ollie, can you still shoot your bow? And Ollie's like, hell yeah, I can. <laughs> Always. I found other ways. I fucking love shooting arrows. What can I say? I'm still <laughs> mad about the Dark Knight Returns. I I'm always mad about it. Madaboutit.com. Um so uh so Tony fights a lot of other evil businessmen who wanna, you know, use Tony's technology to their own gains. Um and then a lot <laughs> Of the storylines just become uh, either Tony fighting with his colleagues, like in Civil War, um, or like Tony builds a new suit of armor, and then the suit of armor is evil, <laughs> and then nice. they have to destroy it. Um, he, um, he, at one point, um, he gets, uh, he gets shot in the spine. Um, by a woman who he used to be involved with. Um, and then he gets a, uh, a chip implanted in his spine, which will, you know, allow him to regain control over his nervous system. But secretly, some more evil businessmen, um, have hijacked this chip and are planning to use it, uh, to take over Tony's body. Um, okay. <laughs> Do they know at this point that he's Iron Man? Or is this just rival business partner Tony Stark got shot and now we're going to take over his body? I don't think they know he's Iron Man. Um, Wild. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he ends up needing to fake his death and then make a new chip that allows him to create a new nervous system. Which is not the weirdest thing Tony is about to do to his body with technology Tony, in this I story. Tony, I swear to fucking God. Tony, Jesus Christ. Um, 
This he is fakes- only a herald of things to come. <laughs> he fakes his death a lot. He ends up comatose a lot. Um, at one point, he like there's a a teen. They go back in time and get a teen version of him, and he's Iron Man for a little bit. Um, That's responsible. Yes. Um, he. Okay, let me find the uh, the exact. So while he's uh. While he's paralyzed and he's uh, working on that, he builds an armor that he can uh, remotely control with his brain um, called the telepresence armor. Um, He uh, develops an armor that... uh, Okay, I have to (laughs) find the exact... Okay, so he is realizing that uh his all of his power systems for his armor are very bad for his health um oh really yeah weird um so he's uh trying to build a new version and he ends up uh creating uh it gains sentience He creates this armor that's, like, very specifically designed to, like, he's like, okay, I'm shielded from radiation, um, I can't, you know, uh, I've got, like, safer, uh, power sources, this is gonna be fine. This isn't, like, two, this is in 2000, and also part of it is, like, it's like, oh, Y2K messed with Tony's armor, which, like, God, I would love to be reading Iron Man comics in 1999. Be like, uh-oh, Y2K! <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but he downloads, um, uh, an a- uh, Jocasta Pym into it, who's an, an AI that I believe Ultron created. Um, but she's cool now. Um, don't worry. Okay. Um, but he does download her into this armor, and then Y2K happens, and then he gets hit by electricity from Whiplash, and then the armor gains sentience, and then it turns evil, (laughs) and it tries to get Tony to merge with the armor permanently, and then he has to fight it, and then he gets hurt, and then the armor's original programming kicks back in, and it sacrifices itself to save him. Um, and this is the kind of thing that Tony just puts up with on a regular basis to be fair he kind of put himself in this situation he always puts himself in this situation it's never not his fault like Um, why 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 would you think that an ai created by another sentient evil robot that you created (laughs) would be a good idea it's great. It's a great idea. Nothing can go wrong with this plan. Um, we've, uh, the most famous recent, uh, Iron Man armor is, uh, Extremis, um, which is a, a, a name some people have probably heard about. And that's in 2006 is when this is introduced. So this is, like, around the same time that Civil War is happening. Um... Which is which is a lot to be happening in the in the life of Tony Stark. It really um, is, yeah, yeah. Um, so he 
injects himself with uh, what's called, he calls it a virus. It's not technically a virus. Um, it <laughs> well, we is, would hope not. No. It is uh, a bunch of tiny nanomachines in his brain, um, which reprogram his brain um, to think that his body is wrong and then to rebuild his biology uh, based on the extremis blueprint. There's absolutely no way that this could go wrong. Nothing could possibly go wrong with this. Um, also, I can't believe Tony Stark willingly gave himself dysphoria. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, he's got enough else stuff going on. Might as well. Might as well throw that in there. Yeah, um, right? Yeah, nothing with this can go wrong. Definitely nobody at any other point becomes infected with this robo-virus um, to, like, you know, get superpowers. Um, so Extremis, Extremis is stored inside Tony's bones. And I hate saying that sentence. And I had to read it a whole bunch of times. But it's inside of his bones. I mean, what else he's got in there? Marrow? Who needs that? <laughs> no, that's not important. He's extremist now. Um, so it's inside his body now. So he doesn't need to carry the armor anywhere because it's in his bones. And he controls it uh, with his thoughts. So when he wants to put on the armor, he just thinks armor time. And then it... <laughs> It comes, it comes out of his bones and through his skin, and he has armor now. That sounds extremely painful. It, I don't, I don't know if it is. Um, it's, it's un, it's unclear. Um, you know, if they had it in the MCU, then it would definitely be like, this is painful every time I do the armor. <laughs> just like Wolverine. Just like Wolverine. Um... It also, uh, because it's sort of, like, just a, a, a general, like, body enhancement, it gives him sort of a healing factor. Um, of it, course it does. Yeah, it, uh, it, he's, imu he's immune to cancer from it. Um, it makes <sighs> him smarter somehow. Um, hey, comics. Hey, comics. Um, it's, it's. Uh, it's wild. Um, his current—I don't know if this is his current armor. Um, in 2010, they introduce uh sort of a a new and upgrade to Extremis. Um, which is the uh bleeding edge armor when Matt Fraction was writing Iron Man. Yay, Matt Fraction! Thanks, Matt um, Fraction. Thanks, Matt Fraction. Um. So with this one, he can uh, he can make he can make the armor into any shape. So it's still in his bones, um, but he can come out and make it into like uh, form like of big... a bucket of water. Yeah, or well, like a t <laughs> he can make it into like <laughs> specific parts of his body or like weapons. He makes a cool laser sword with it. 
So um, basically, like Edward Elric turning his arm into a blade, sort of. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Um, and, hey, Matt Fraction, um, have you read Full Metal Alchemist? <laughs> hey, Matt Fraction, I want to talk to you real quick. Um, and all of these go totally fine all the time, and they never have any adverse effects on him psychologically or physically. Uh, and definitely. Nobody uh, steals the extremist thing and uses it to, you know, give themselves uh, bone armor. Definitely nobody does that. The Hulk doesn't do that. That never happens to anyone. Don't worry about it. Um, Did you say the Hulk? The Hulk is infected by extremists at some point. <laughs> How? Well. Why? His bones are real big. He got there's big a, bones. There's a lot of room for stuff in there. Comics. Hey, let's have a talk. Just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you should. Um, nope, you always should. It's never a bad idea. Uh, so that's, uh... That's just, that's, that's a taste of the things that have gone on with Tony. He's been around since the 60s, um, so there's a lot to unpack in general. Um, but I want to try, oh yeah, there's also like this whole thing in like Marvel Now where he like, his personality is inverted and he goes like super evil, um, which, cool, I guess. Um... But uh wasn't he an AI for a bit? He in was more an AI comics. He was an AI for a bit. Yeah, in um when Riri Williams became Iron Man, which we're going to talk about her in a second too. Um he uh he he was in a coma for a while. Uh I like I until pretty recently actually. Um and this Young MIT student Riri Williams got the mantle of Iron Man. Um, but he, it turns out he had copied uh, his consciousness into an AI because, like, of course. Um, and so there's this uh, quote unquote techno ghost Tony, uh, my favorite phrase in the English language. Um, I mean, that's pretty kick ass as a concept. It is, yeah, walking around like uh like a force ghost from Star Wars as this uh AI uh occasionally uh helping Riri out, uh sometimes uh teaming up with everybody else. It's just, you know, the Avengers and then this uh ghost AI Tony. The ghost in the machine. Yeah. Um so that's wild. All of it's wild. Everything that's happened is so, so bonkers. Um, Tony is complicated. And obviously, now, most people uh, in America and the world uh, know Tony for his role as uh, the flagship character of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, which was, at the time... A little bit of a wild pick because like Tony's been you know he's been like consistently 
on the Avengers, and he's, like, an important character, um, but he's not really, you know, a Marvel A-lister, um, but at the time, when in, you know, when, when this was happening, uh, but they made, they made a movie about him, um, you may have heard of it, uh, and then suddenly, uh, Marvel was, like, the most successful media franchise in existence. Um, and I remember, uh, being, this is, this, this, this will show you what a specific memory this is. I remember being on a, uh, fan forum for the 2003 Teen Titans cartoon, um, (laughs) in the non-Teen Titans related section, when they were somebody posted when they announced the casting uh for the Iron Man movie and everybody was like oh my god this could not be a more perfect decision to have this you know this character who's dealt with you know uh substance issues and like personality difficulties and all of this stuff throughout his life um to be played by an actor making a comeback from dealing with a lot of these same things. Um, and like the combination of that and, you know, a ver- like a very solid superhero movie um, and like a story that probably most people weren't familiar with going into Iron Man uh, made for, uh, you know, made for a lot of things being able to happen. Um, and it's like, uh, I feel, it's so, it's so, okay, so Tony is, uh, Tony's an interesting choice to kick off the MCU with, because, like, in a lot of ways, uh, he's, this isn't just going to be me talking about MCU Tony, I'm going to talk about comic book Tony. No, (laughs) listen, I can't, um, but he does exemplify, and, like, a lot of characters, I think, are more, like, iconically emblematic of this but he does exemplify a lot of the like the kind of ethos that set marvel apart as a comic book company which was like having these characters where a lot of the focus was on them being like like deeply flawed human beings um like all of marvel's like like the x-men is like the most famous example you know because it's like oh all you're dealing with all of their interpersonal drama and the fact that, you know, they're living in a world that hates and fears them. Um, you know, Spider-Man is a huge thing with this. You know, the idea of having a superhero who's in his real life is just kind of a, you know, an embarrassing nerd um, who I love. <laughs> uh, you know, the Hulk is a neurotic scientist who turns into an uncontrollable deadly monster um and tony is a guy who (laughs) oh boy um tony is this guy who is notorious for you know having a lot of personal baggage um and who's been you know in conflict a lot with uh his teammates and his friends and the people close to him 
um, notably in his uh, his relationship with Captain America as kind of these two tent poles of the Avengers, um, where they're sort of doing sort of a a similar thing that Superman and Batman do in the DCU, where they're kind of diametrically opposed to each other, where it's like, oh, Iron Man represents the future and progress and technology, um, and Captain America represents kind of the past and history and tradition, and, uh, you know, Steve is well known for being a very morally upstanding, righteous, grounded person in that sense and Tony uh does a lot of his superhero work in spite of his worst impulses at best (laughs) um and yet they're great friends and yet they're best friends until they get in the civil war with each other uh but that you know sometimes it'd be like that and it is It's wild to me that, like, I think even now you would have, just like 10 years later, you would have a lot more difficulty starting the MCU with Tony as a character. Um, Like, I feel like in 2018, I mean, Venom just had a villain that was just Elon Musk. Like, it was, Elon (laughs) Musk was just the bad guy in Venom. And everyone was like, yeah, I can't wait to see Venom eat Elon Musk. Um, I think, like, I think where we are right now as a nation is, like, very justifiably uh, a little bit less inclined to uh, see super-duper rich white dudes and, like, you know, captains of industry and, you know, wealthy inventors as, like, our heroes, (laughs) which is fair. And I think the MCU has made a pretty good choice by, like, focusing most of Tony's stuff on, like, Tony's personal, like, psychological issues. Um, But it is, like, you know, it's it's tough to unpack. And it's tough to unpack for me because I'm going to be biased because, like, Tony's been very important to me as a character. Um, But it is also, you know, it's like, you're still giving a lot of leeway to a guy who's most famous for inventing weaponry and uh he sleeps with a lot of women though they've toned that that down too um oh good yeah there's (laughs) there's this thing where stan lee was like we we get the all the fan mail we get from women is about iron man (laughs) and it's like ladies do you just do you want to think about that a little bit more? Ladies, are you okay? Are you okay? Um, you know, and this again, this is not unique to Iron Man. There's a lot of stories about uh, you know, extremely rich cishet white men who are notoriously kind of difficult and abrasive and closed off and all of these things. Um, and a lot of stories about how sympathetic they are and how about this is, you know, born from, like, personal psychological trauma and about kind of redeeming them. Um, and, you know, like, you gotta balance 
you know, what, what aspects of these are going to be useful to people and what aspects of these are like, man, I don't want to hear about another rich white dude, you know? And I think that's kind of the challenge of writing compelling Tony stories in 2018. <laughs> it's like, how many rich white dudes do people really want to hear about? Um, and also how many people who are, you know, even taking that out of it, people who are unlikable, but their unlikability is because of mental illness and trauma, but they're still, you know, doing harm to the people around them. Um, but they need to be, you know, treated like human beings. And it's, ugh, it's a lot, it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to unpack with Tony. Um, yeah. I very unfortunately do love him. I don't love capitalism, but I do love Tony Stark. And I just kind of got to address that in, in myself, in my heart. <laughs> um, did you have anything you wanted to add about this boy? Uh, nothing in particular. Um, yeah. Boy howdy. Boy, boy howdy. <laughs> he sure is a boy. He um, sure is a howdy. Oh, golly. Um, oh, gosh. He causes a lot of his own problems. And then he's he like, why did this happen? And it's like, well... <laughs> Tony! You did inject yourself here. with some tiny robots. <laughs> you just keep putting stuff in your brain and turning yourself into an AI and then putting Everybody AI... Was like, Everybody was like, is that a good idea? And you're like, I don't know, but I'm gonna do it. Um, I do want to throw out there a couple of Tony things. One, um, the current uh, Iron Man comic, which is, uh, it's called Tony Stark colon Iron Man. Um, of course. Yes. So you know. Which Iron Man know, it is. You know exactly who it is. Um, I am a few issues behind on it. Um, but the first few issues that I read, I really, really liked. Uh, it focused a lot on, uh, the kind of Stark Industries stuff. Um, it followed this guy who Tony, uh, hired to work for him and kind of what the, uh, life inside Stark Industries is like and what Tony actually does for his job, um, and it does feature at the end of the issue, um, his, uh, Fin Fang Foom Buster Armor, which is basically just, like, a giant, like, anime mecha that he goes and fights Fin Fang Foom with. Um, who is a giant dragon? Who's a giant dragon, so that rules. Um, there's also, a uh, quick shout-out, I know I mentioned this recently, um, but... Uh, he appeared in a few recent issues of Squirrel Girl, um, and Ryan North made, uh, maybe my favorite joke of all time, and he, like, specifically, like, pointed it out on, uh, on Tumblr because he was so, uh, proud of it, um, but Tony makes reference <laughs> to his therapist being, um, Dr. Uh, so which is a, a like a text-to-speech program 
<laughs> released in 1991. Um, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> for like Microsoft. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> somebody had this panel going around. I think it was somebody else who made the post, like, oh, in case you didn't get the joke, because Tony's like, ha, wait till Doc Spizito hears about this. And it's like, what Tony's talking about here is a 1991 text-to-speech program for Microsoft DOS. And Ryan was like, yeah, I thought of this because it was about the most Tony Stark thing that I could possibly imagine. Um, and to be fair, it is. It is. He's right. Only Ryan North should write every comic because he's right about everybody. Um, have, you, um, have you read anything else recently? Or are you still in figure skating slash cosplay heck? Well, see, the thing is, yes, I still haven't read anything. Okay. I am mm, about a week behind on figure skating. Oh, I haven't golly. worked on any cosplay, <laughs> but I have been making these stockings. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's what really matters. Um, is making stockings for your sister and her family. Yeah, let's listen. It's it's the holiday season. Um we all got to get into the holiday spirit. I have a uh, a couple things I wanted to mention. One of them very relevantly, uh the first issue of uh Ironheart came out this week. Um which I mentioned when it was announced. Um but it's uh about our pal uh Riri Williams who is a um a young uh black girl uh or I don't know how old she she's working at MIT so she's not like young young um she's a young black woman um and she is uh her own iron man adjacent superhero called Ironheart um it's written by uh poet and author uh Eve Ewing, um, who you might have seen on Twitter, or you might have read uh, some of her poetry, which is amazing. Um, and it's a very, very cool comic. Uh, Riri is super charming. Um, she does cosplay. Um, she gets sulky when people come into her lab and touch her stuff. Um, she makes fun you know, genre-aware quips while she's fighting terrorists. Um, she's, the art is so, so cute. Um, and she's also a genius. And we have two ongoing, like, Marvel series, uh, that are solo series for, uh, young black female scientists. Which is amazing. Hell yeah. Um, I love that. I love that that's happening. Um, it's a very fun issue. Um, it's pretty dense. Uh, you can tell that, like, uh, Ewing is, like, very much, like, a writer-writer because she uses a lot of words, but not in a bad way. Um, it, it suits the character very well. Um, it's just very funny to me. Um... And I was also reading, um, cool Marvel ladies, uh, Seanan McGuire. I hope it's, I don't know if it's Seanan. Um, 
who's a, uh, a, a sci-fi and fantasy novelist, um, who's also currently writing for uh, X-Men, I think. Um, but she is currently writing a Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, um, as part of the ongoing Spider-Geddon event that's just a lot of different Spider-Men all hopping into different Spider-Universes. Um, and currently in this Gwen storyline, Gwen is uh, in an alternate universe where that Gwen Stacy uh, became the Green Goblin and Harry was Spider-Man. Um, and now they're trying to convert Gwen back to not be evil. Um, but it's, uh, it's very, it's, it's great. And, uh, Gwen is great. All of her looks are amazing and she's super, super fun to read. Um, so those are two things that are good and we have gone much longer. I than... do want to mention one last thing. Before yes, yes, we yes, go. yes, 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 yes. Yes. It has nothing to do with comics. Please talk about it. I did go to a baby shower, and I did arm wrestle one of my cousin's friends. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's something I did last week. <laughs> that's, that's, a good, that's a good use of time. Thanks. I got thanked for being the life of the party, so, like, they thought so too, I guess. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thanks. I won some incense. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um if you if you out there want to challenge either of us to an arm wrestling competition, um you could definitely beat me. I don't think you could beat Elion. Um I mean, you can probably beat me. <laughs> <laughs> um but if you want to if you want to if you want to go at it with arm wrestling um, i will be at podcon i will arm yeah. wrestle you at podcon <laughs> find e at podcon and challenge them to arm wrestling um also you can uh hit us up online you can find us on twitter tumblr uh facebook instagram pinterest all of those are under capes and japes um you can send us an email uh, to capesandjapes at gmail.com. If you're, um, if you're looking for, uh, gift ideas for somebody who likes comics or for somebody who you think might like comics, um, we would be happy to provide those for you. Um, I have a lot of options that I could present you with. Um, we have a Patreon now that is official and it's going. And if you have uh any amount of money that per month I was wondering that... where that sentence was going. <laughs> and if you have money. If you have money, we want it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have the money. Give it to us. No. If you have any amount of money uh per month that you would be willing to uh donate to the cause of podcasts, uh that would be like totally rad and cool you can get some fun stuff we haven't um we're gonna be recording a bonus episode later this month that you can get we're gonna be doing uh a movie night at some point that you can 
Get We're probably going to watch Iron Man 3. We're probably going to watch Iron Man 3 because it's Christmas time and it's my favorite Christmas movie. Um, and yeah, so you can find a link to that. Um, we have a Discord channel if you want to join up, talk with us. Uh, you can leave us a rating and a review. You can, uh, we still have a tip jar, I think, if you just want to if you don't want to give us money every month, um, and, uh, yeah, oh boy, we went long, <laughs> thank you for listening, um, thank you for joining us, uh, we'll continue to see you throughout the holiday season, but I hope your holiday season is going well, and is not terribly stressful, um, I have been Olivia, and I have been Elion, and as always, case. I, at, right as I did it, the neighbor dog barked. <laughs> he hates Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. There it is. Kiss me sexy Batman. <laughs> 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 <laughs>